You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. Um, go ahead and open up your Bibles to Galatians 5. In the, in the time that we have together this morning, I just want to uh, encourage you through the Word of God as we look at something that Paul talks about that really fits into this ongoing conversation we've been having about um, the purpose of our, our vision. Now, if, you're, if this is your first time here, you haven't been here for the last few weeks, um, month or so, we've been going through talking about uh, our vision here at Freedom Christian Fellowship, which is to see the captive set free through praise and proclamation. And, and the, big, the big part of that, there, there's a big part of the mission involves the first half of that, which is to do what Jesus came to do, to bring liberty to those who are in the captivity of sin, those who are, in, are, are enslaved to things that torment them, whether it's uh, something that is involved in their thinking. I know, look, I know this, this, this sounds like a really deep thing, but here's the, here's the reality is that sin plays a very big trick on our hearts that begins to do something that begins to enslave our minds and, do, and does this. And so Jesus, when he came in Luke chapter 4, when he pulled the, the scroll from Isaiah and he read in the synagogue, he read from this what's called a messianic um, scripture, something that in the Old Testament that talked about Jesus, talked about the Messiah. And he said, listen, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring liberty to those who are in captivity, recovery of sight to the blind. And he goes on and he lists these things. This is what Jesus came to do. That's why when you read in the Gospels, you'll see time and time again that Jesus looked at the people and he had compassion on them because he saw them in the state where they were walking in a place where they were not living in the reality of the love of God the Father. And so Jesus said, in essence, I've come to reconnect, to reconnect the hearts of men to the heart of my Father, God. I want them to know the love of my Father that has the ability to set them free. And so when we look at our vision, we see that this is an amazing thing. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to talk about in Galatians 5, what it means to walk according to the Spirit. All right. And we're going to explain this. So if you've never heard this before, don't worry. We're going to break this down. Some of you have read this many times and you feel like you got a handle on it. But I believe the Lord just wants to show us something fresh today for every one of us. So let's just prepare our hearts and say, okay, God, we're going to have everything that you want for us today. I want to read this passage to you. We're going to start just in Galatians 5, 16 through 18. You can look on the screen if you don't have a Bible. It says this, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, So that you are not to do whatever you want, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. What's the importance of us learning how to walk according to the Spirit? Why do we need to look at this and understand this for everything that God has for it in His Word? Because there's a very important thing that we see just broken down right here in the passage that we just read. Is that there is a conflict that exists within the heart of every person. And this conflict exists between the nature of the things that were led by our flesh, which we'll talk about a little bit in, in just a few minutes, and then how God desires to lead us. And so there is an outcome for both of those things. There is something that happens when we decide 
to be led by the Spirit, there's a blessing that God gives us. There is a truth that God leads us in. In the same way, when we don't do that, there is a, a pattern that is created in us that leads to a very, very dark place. And so when it comes to understanding what it means to walk according to the Spirit, we need to know that God desires, first and foremost, to lead us by His Spirit, that we would walk by His Spirit, we would understand His nature, His heart, so that who He is would be manifest inside of us. Let me show you this in Galatians 5.1. This is why God wants us to walk according to His Spirit. It says this, it is for freedom that Christ set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. So why did Jesus, why is God asking us into this beautiful invitation to walk according to his spirit? Because it leads us in freedom. It keeps us out of the trap of the bondage of the things that are associated to this earth. Okay, so what are those things? How many of you have been anxious this week? Don't, you don't have to raise your hand. How many of you felt a bit panicky? You've been kind of a little bit concerned about future things. How many of you have, have struggled with maybe relational things? Where you've kind of had a conflict with somebody you have a relationship, whether at work or your family or, or, or some other, uh, other relationship? You felt that. How often do those things, what about, what about, let's talk about the things a little finer between the lines here. What about the, the, the mental stuff that goes in our brain when we, when we flip onto Facebook or we get on some kind of social media platform? We scroll through and we see everybody going on vacation and then we get vacation jealousy. <laughs> oh yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about. I can't believe they're at Disney World. I can't believe it. I want to be at Disney World. Why can't I be at Disney World, right? You get mad. I want to be at Hawaii. Well, what's happening there? I know that sounds silly and I know it sounds trite, but here's the reality that if you call yourself a son or daughter of God, God invites us into this beautiful journey of learning to be led by His Spirit, walk according to His Spirit, but the alternative is that we will have our thoughts and our minds and our our hope and our emotions attached to something else if we do not choose to walk and be led by the Spirit of God. It's very easy. And if we just paid a little bit of attention to it through the course of a week, we'd probably understand that it happens more often than we realize. That we begin to get caught up under these things. But God desires for us to be truly a free people, to walk as a free people. To understand that in, in a very real sense that there is nothing that can grip us under the yoke of slavery. And so we see this difference between the flesh And the spirit here that Paul begins to talk about. When it comes to the understanding of the difference between the flesh and the spirit, there's just a simple understanding that we need to see here. And and Paul says it best in Romans 5, 21 through 25. He says this. He says, so I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death. But thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. A little earlier on in Romans 5 here in this 
same context in this passage, Paul goes and says, the things that I desire to do, I do not do, and the things that I do not want to do, I do. Is he going crazy? Does that sound like a confession of a crazy man? Yeah, it kind of does. But how many of us can relate to that? But here's what Paul is expressing here in, in our understanding that we need to see is that Paul is talking about the difference between our flesh nature and our spirit nature. And so here is what the flesh nature is. The flesh nature is that which is corruptible inside of us. And the easiest way to understand the flesh nature, because in the original language, anytime you see the word flesh in the New Testament, it's the Greek word sarx, S-A-R-Y-X. And it means this, it means a different group of things that are all the same. It means your physical flesh that is deteriorating, but it also means your sinful nature. Your sinful nature, the things that are contrary to God, God's heart, God's will, God's desire. And the best way to see what, how the flesh nature works is when we look at our corruptible flesh. Well, we all pass away, don't we? Our flesh is deteriorating. I don't, I don't want to believe that at 41 years old. I, I want to believe that I've hit the, you know, eternal well of youth. You know, I, I, can, I can do all the things I did when I was 20, but my body says, no, no, no. It isn't going to happen. I can't run as fast as I did when I was 20 or as long as I did when I was 20. I can't, I can't, you know, keep up with my kids like I did when I was younger. I can't do that anymore. Well, what does that tell me? It goes back to a very primary and, uh, truth that happened right at the beginning of creation when Adam and Eve decided to sin. And sin introduced, and I don't want this to be heavy, I'm just I'm telling you that God has created a better way. But we need to understand the difference. The focus is not on sin, the focus is on freedom, it's on life, it's on Jesus. There is a better way, but we have to understand that there are two things that are in contradiction or contention with one another. And the best way to understand our flesh nature is to understand that as we age, as we get older, we corrupt, that we will turn into dust one day. It is a reality that we all have to face. But here is the truth. That's a result of sin. I don't know if you ever knew that, but that's a result of sin, of man, Adam and Eve's choice to sin. It came in and part of the curse of sin attached to our flesh, but that is also the nature that is contrary to the Spirit of God. That's a problem. That's a problem. But Jesus solved the problem when He came and He introduced the understanding that you do not have to be led by your flesh. Because up until Jesus Christ, what happened was there was a habitual cycle where man would go to God and say, God, I want to try and I want to do better, but I can't. There is a shortcoming. And it was a continual cycle of failure. But when Jesus came, he said, listen, I'm going to put my spirit in you. Now, I want you to go back to creation and understand here is how God created man and why this is more powerful than the nature of your flesh. Because when God sat down, the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit said, let us, plural, the Trinity, God in one, make man in our image. Let me tell you what the image of God is, in, how it's imprinted on you. It is in your spirit. 
And anybody who comes into Jesus Christ not only has the understanding that they will never touch death, that even though your flesh corrupts, you will never touch death, and that is an anchor to our hope because our spirit is found in Jesus Christ, and we see heaven the last time we breathe breath on this earth. But I want to tell you something else that it provides. It also provides the revelation that on this earth, please hear me on this, that on this earth, that the Spirit of God trumps the flesh nature and even has the ability to heal the flesh. Why? Because in this contradiction that Paul is talking about in Galatians 5 and Romans 5, and understanding that there's two things at war within us, God is not leaving us helpless and hopeless in our understanding, but he's saying to us that if you choose to be led and walk according to the Spirit, the Spirit of God in you, my Spirit in you, is greater than the nature of your flesh. That should give you hope today. That should give you hope today. That's freedom. That even though our flesh is corruptible, even though it leads us to a place where it desires to do the things that are contrary to God's heart. God loved us so much that He gave us His Spirit. He marked it and put it as a placeholder at creation, and then He confirmed it and sealed it in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, so that as we learn and choose to walk according to the Spirit, we walk in the freedom, in the life, in the power of who Jesus is. I hope that encourages you this morning. So we see this, but then we understand also that the Spirit of God in us is amazing and it's powerful. And it is, again, marked by that beautiful, beautiful image of God in us. Paul goes on and he warns us in Galatians 5 a couple of things. And he's talking to the church in Galatia here and he says, listen, You being led by your flesh has brought you into a couple of areas. And these are warning signs that we see whenever we know that maybe that we are being led a little bit too much by our flesh. The first area that Paul warns the church in Galatia about is areas of self-righteousness. He's talking to them specifically about the idea of circumcision. Something had kind of filtered into the church there in Galatia that they began to believe that in order, in order to be Christ followers, they needed to be circumcised. Paul was talking to a group of people who were non-Jews. And something had slipped into the church in Galatia Leadership and, and teaching had slipped into the church in Galatians said that you're not really a Christian unless you do something, unless you prove it through this mark of circumcision. And Paul goes on and says, listen, this is foolishness. This is complete ridiculousness. This is, in essence, you trying to do something to earn God's favor and understand how to be led by His Spirit. This is wonderful news for every one of us. Because this is what it means, is that there's nothing that we can do. There is nothing that we have done or nothing that we can do in the future that was, makes us earn uh, abil- our ability to earn or deserve God's free measure of grace for us. Paul goes on and says this concerning this idea of self-righteousness. He goes, 
For through the Spirit we eagerly await faith by righteousness from which we hope. For in Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. What combats this idea of self-righteousness and what, what does God desire to lead us in concerning His Spirit and for us to walk in according to His Spirit? is that we would begin to understand what matters concerning how we please God's heart, how we tune in and understand His heart, and how we walk in His favor, is when we walk in a place of faith that is manifesting itself through love. Do you desire to do the things that God pleases God's heart? Do you desire to honor His heart when He calls us into the place of love? Are you walking in this understanding and a desire to take a step of faith, even though you might not realize it in your life, but you're walking and you're taking a step of faith, but you're doing it in a place of love. Let me explain it like this. My wife and I love watching, um, we've got, uh, on our TV, we've got the Game Show Network. And we love watching the newlywed game. And, and we do this, so we'll, we'll sit in bed and we'll watch a newlywed game and we'll, we'll play it along. And we'll pause it. We'll be like, you know, they'll ask all these crazy questions, and we'll go, what would you say? What would you say? And we try to figure it out. Based off of 20 years of marriage, we try to figure it out, and we think that we kind of have a good handle on it. We'd love to go back as a non-newlywed game, but, you know, that's not the way that game works. But it's always hilarious to see couples who come in, and, and they come together, and, and they don't know anything about each other. And they are falling all over themselves, and they don't, they don't, I mean, it's just like, you can, you can watch it. But, but you, you see something taking place here, and you can go, and Kim and I would go, oh boy, they, they probably need marriage counseling after this. And you go, oh man, this isn't looking too good. And matter of fact, we watched one episode, and one guy finally gave up, threw up his hands, and he said, I'm just trying to leave this game show married, <laughs> you know, at this point, I, I'm done, I'm stuck in the water. And you realize something here that, that, that really, with these couples, and it, it's reflective of the way that we pursue our righteousness, if you'll stay with me for just a second, is that these couples who desire, even though they haven't gotten it all figured out, even though they might not know the depths and the, the, the little personal things because they're just starting to a, a brand new marriage together, the ones who seek to love, the ones who seek to honor, to step and say, I want to do and, and, and be and show that I love this person. Those are the ones who typically make it. The ones that seem to get together, the ones that seem to have a closer harmony between them. And the same thing is true about our, the way that we walk in this place of righteousness. And this is what Paul said, that all that matters is that we take steps of faith in love. Is that we begin to take steps of faith in love. Because when we don't, and we step into a place of self-righteousness, we get into a cause and effect mentality with God. Because I did this, God, you owe me this. Because I went to church, God, this shouldn't happen in my life. God, because I didn't do this, you should do this. God, why did you do this when all I've been doing is this? 
And I think that in our hearts, and this is what the Word of God is warning us against, and what it means to walk according to the Spirit, and why Paul even attacks this one specific idea, is because in our lives, this trap of self-righteousness can lead us to a place of not only misunderstanding God's heart, but into a place of spiritual bondage. And God desires so much to keep us in a place of freedom. He looks at us and said, this is what matters. That when you pursue me, you are walking by faith and you are doing it in love. What have I called you to do? What have I asked you to do? What am I telling you to do? Are you stepping toward it in faith? And are you doing it out of the nature of love that I've put inside of you? So when God asks us to forgive, when God asks us to let something down, and it becomes very difficult and He's leading us by His Spirit, when we take a step of faith and we choose to honor that in love, what happens is that we are honoring God. And the second area that Paul talks about here, and he talks about it very specifically, and it's an area of false dependence. And these are two areas that our flesh will gravitate to when it comes to trying to understand God. That we'll either, if we're being led by our flesh, when it comes to walking with God, we'll either step out in a place of self-righteousness or we'll create an area of false dependence. And Paul specifically is talking to the church in Galatia here and he tells them, he warns them of this, and he says, listen, somebody has, has, uses the word bewitched you, tricked you, fooled you, deceived you. And he's talking about a physical person that the church in Galatia actually began to put their confidence in above God. And the same thing happens in our life if we don't understand what it means to walk according to the Spirit of God is that we can put our dependency upon something else other than God. Have a higher source than God. That can be people. That can be a report. That can be a practice. Something that we try to do, we can put our daily spiritual practice above God. I know that sounds crazy, doesn't it? But it's true. God desires to lead us in such a manner that when He leads us, He is first. He is highest. None of these things are bad. It's not that Paul was saying, listen, people are bad. I don't want you to be led by people. He wasn't saying, listen, don't do the things that... I've told you to do, but what he's saying is this, is don't put them before God. Don't put them before God. And there's only one way that this happens, is to walk according to the Spirit. The only way you avoid the trap of self-righteousness, the only way that you break off dependency of things other than God, is to walk according to the Spirit. And the good news is, is that God wants to lead you by His Spirit, which brings you into freedom. So this is how it happens. Justin, you come on up. This is how we live our lives in a way that's pleasing and shows the pleasure of God. In Galatians 5, 22 through 26. This is one of my favorite passages. It says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh 
with the passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. How do we walk according to the Spirit? Three quick things. The first thing, we have to let the Holy Spirit rule our heart. We have to let the Holy Spirit rule our heart. I believe that this starts with just a very honest prayer. A very honest heart cry, if you would. To say, Holy Spirit, would you begin to take inventory of my heart, my choices, my actions, my decisions? Because if there's something that is being led by something other than the Spirit of God, there has to be a a breakdown. There has to be an understanding that happens where we say, God, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is why repentance is so powerful and so necessary in our life. There's nothing attached to shame or immaturity when it comes to repentance. Repentance is healthy because there's areas of our life that get out of check, that get out of balance. And when the Holy Spirit in His loving kindness leads us and shows us, hey, it's time to fix that, our response and humility should always be, yes, Lord, I'm sorry. Please bring this under your control again. And Paul says it like this, that they have to be crucified. Because crucifixion was the perfect illustration of the nature of a Christian in the early church. Because Jesus was the model. And Paul wasn't saying that you got to go hang on a literal cross and you have to go physically die. But what he's saying is this, is that in this contention between your spirit and your flesh there has to be a showdown and the nature of God in you that God put inside of you that is greater than your flesh must overcome your flesh in order to do that your flesh has to be crucified you saw Jesus do it you watched this it was fresh in the understanding of the early church it was their foundational stone of freedom And Paul says, listen, those things we have to put under the Holy Spirit's power and ask the Holy Spirit to crucify those things. God, if there is a place in me that I am walking according to my flesh, that I'm walking in anxiety or I'm walking in fear, that I'm doubting you a little bit or I'm walking in unforgiveness or I'm walking in the pain of a relationship, or I'm walking in the fear of my future. God, that's not what it means to be led by Your Spirit, because You've promised that the fruit of being led by Your Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. And so these things, God, I, I repent and I trust You as my source. I allow you to put those things to death and begin to bear the fruit of the Spirit in my life. When we make a decision to submit to these things, it opens up the door for the Holy Spirit to not only move and bear the fruit of the nature of God in us, but our ability to hear Him. The second thing that we have to do is we have to allow the Holy Spirit to renew our mind. Some of you are asking, why, I, why do I keep saying the Holy Spirit? 
is because when it comes to the understanding of the new covenant in the early church, this is the reality, is that the Holy Spirit is doing the work. In your life, the Holy Spirit is a testimony of Jesus. He is God. He is at work in you. And when you begin to invite the power of the Holy Spirit, when you begin to invite the Holy Spirit to begin to move and work in your life, it begins to do amazing things. We let the Holy Spirit renew our mind. After the Holy Spirit has transformed our heart, we have to agree in our thinking and allow our thinking to be renewed by the Holy Spirit. If I begin to walk and say, God, I desire for my life to bear the fruit of being led by your Spirit. I desire for love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control to rule in my life. And I've put those things that are contrary to it, that I, the way maybe I used to think or the way I used to walk, and I've, I've allowed you, Holy Spirit, to put those under your power, then I must agree and believe that you are reshaping my mind, that my actions and my decisions and the things that come out of my mouth and, and the things that I do, my reactions will display the fruit of being led by your Spirit. See, there should be a transformation that takes place once we allow the Holy Spirit to do the heavy lifting, to begin to renew our hearts. There needs to be a transformation in our mind. And, and if I could say it like this to you, just, just in all grace and gentleness, that the breakdown when it comes to being led by the Spirit is actually the transition between your heart and your mind, the distance between your heart and your mind. It's very easy to understand that God has done these wonderful things in our heart and He wants to renew our hearts and change our hearts and heal our hearts. But until it begins to come out of the things that we say and do, it's not going to bear the fruit of the Spirit of God. See, you can't just believe about love and then not talk about love. You can't just believe about peace and not speak peace or be peace in your relationships and the people in your life. Does that make sense? See, it's got to renew your mind, and in order for that to happen, you have to make an agreement. And you have to say, listen, the work has been done in my spirit, in my heart. I am, it's taking place, but my mind is going to line up to that truth. And then finally, Paul says one last thing, is that it has to be displayed in our personal relationships. And the easiest way to know if we're bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit, if we're walking by the Spirit, as if the fruit of the Holy Spirit is coming out in our relationships. It's not an accident. Paul's not saying this just as a bookend to this thought that he has. But he's saying, listen, that if it's not coming out and not being displayed in our relationships, then, then you got to go back and ask God to do something. It has to be displayed in our relationships. And not just the relationships that we're close to, but every area of our life, because there's a powerful truth, is that this freedom that comes from walking by the Spirit and bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit is not just meant for us. It's actually fruit that's being hung out for other people to eat from. And when we choose to be a people led by the Spirit and display the fruit of the Holy Spirit in the places that God's called us to be, what happens is that people will come and eat off the tree of our life as it would be. That they would see the peace that's hanging off of our life. That they would see the love. They would see the gentleness. 
and the self-control. And they would say, I need this. Where did this come from? How did you get this in your life? And the answer is always clear, and the answer always points back to one thing, and that's Jesus. And the answer from Jesus always is freedom. Is freedom. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that you desire, Father, you desire to lead us by your Spirit. That you desire to lead us by your Spirit. God, I pray that this morning for every person here that we would, Holy Spirit, allow you to take inventory of our lives. If there's any part of our lives that is not in step with your Spirit, God, maybe it's a place, a struggle that we've had, and we don't know how to let go of it, that we would look up to you and we would trust you and give that to you. Lord, no matter what it is, that we would just lay that down, but God, that from you we would receive, we would receive your healing and your joy and your peace and understand and begin to know the pleasure of your heart. And Father, this morning I pray that above all things for every person here, that God, as we make a decision to walk according to your Spirit, that the pleasure, that the pleasure that you have for every person would be felt, would be known, that they would know your love, that they would know your great grace. Father, for every person here that has bent under the yoke of of self-righteousness, that has felt that strain on their life, Holy Spirit, by your power, just begin to break and lift that. Father, let this be a house, Father God. Let us be a people that understand that, Father, we are walking in you freely. We are walking towards you freely. And that, God, as we pursue you in faith, by love, that you are transforming our lives and that you are leading us by your voice, by your Spirit, into freedom. And, Father, I pray Lord, for every person this morning, that they would understand in the deepest way the freedom that comes from that beautiful relationship of walking with you. Thank you, God, that off of our lives, the fruit of the Spirit, Lord, hangs off of our life. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Would you stand to your feet this morning? If I could just have a couple of ministry folks come on up. I hope that nobody misunderstood me this morning. Because one thing that we, um, yeah, Ronnie and Charlotte, y'all come on up. One thing that we absolutely believe in this house is what I mentioned when we first started is that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God is greater than sickness. We believe that. And it's okay if you're, you're here and you're, you're not sure about that. That's okay. That's okay. But we want to make that available for every person here. That if you're dealing with something in your physical body, something that you're afraid of or something that you're uncertain about, we know that part of the nature of God that leads us is He leads us in that peace. And we want to pray for you this morning. Maybe your heart is heavy for something else. Maybe you're walking through something, a relationship, and you say, look, I understand this, Pastor, but 
I just need a little bit of help. Somebody to come alongside me, to wrap their arms around me, to pray with me, to love me, to encourage me. We want to do that for you this morning. This is what the ministry teams are up here for. And I want to encourage you this morning, if that's you in any way, for any reason, that you would take the time and receive prayer this morning. Why? It's because it's who Jesus is. It's what He wants to do in you and through you. Amen? Let me bless you. Father, I declare your blessing and your grace upon every person here this morning. Amen and amen. If you need prayer this morning, come on up. 